Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. We exalt your name, magnify your name, Lord Jesus. We just appreciate you for this moment. We're asking God for insight, wisdom, and revelation that we're about to share in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Um, I did mention to you last week that we're going to start a new series this week. And uh, it's about visions and revelations. And I want you to take this very seriously because it's part of what leads you and guides you. Hallelujah. Um, if you can understand what we're about to say, this is a means by which God communicates to us and uh, you, you'll be able to come to the place where if you have visions, if you have revelations, you should be able to know what God is saying to you. And uh, this is personal to everybody. Some of you have dreams that you, you don't remember too well. Some of you even come to a place of revelations that God begin to give you some of these things in clear visions. Uh, but most time you don't have understanding. Now sometimes God comes to you in that dimension as well. Because you don't have understanding about them, you'll be thinking that they are negative things, you'll be thinking that they are demons, and so on and so forth. So I want us to come to this understanding as so how powerful revelation and visions are in our walk with God. Amen? Praise the Lord. Okay, um, we're going to have two texts that we'll be using in the course of this study, and that is uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 17, and um, 2 Corinthians 12, verse 1 and 2. So look, let's look at, first of all, Acts chapter 2, verse 17. Acts 2, 17, the King James says, and it shall come to pass, in the days, said God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Uh, we've taken time to explain and that extensively on the issue of dreams. And so, for those of you uh, watching via the telecast, you can go to the YouTube sections and be able to see all that we've been able to talk about in relation to dreams, interpretation of dreams, keys to understanding dreams, they are all there. But now we're dealing with the issue of vision. They are very related as well. So I want you to follow this. But now there's a promise that God gave uh, as touching the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. He said this in relation to um, the prophecy of, of Joel. And so uh, he was talking about what is going to happen in the last days. And he said, when the Spirit comes, one of the things that you're, you're going to be getting is the uh, visions and then prophecies. Hallelujah. Now, the word vision here in the Greek is horaces. I'm going to make you see how these words are used. Horaces. Horaces is the act of gazing, that is, externally, an aspect or internally 
an inspired appearance. I want you to think about that or take note of it. An inspired appearance. You can see, you can gaze at something. Right? So, it is in two ways here. You're looking at something the natural or you're seeing this in the spirit. Eternally, you can't be able to see. Hallelujah. So, vision is actually from the word horal. And horal actually also means to state at, that is, to design clearly, physically or mentally, by extension, to extend to, by, in Hebrew's understanding, to experience. Passively, it means to appear, to behold, to see, to take heed. So when we're talking about visions, we are talking about ability to see things, an ability to experience certain things in the spirit, or mentally, as the case may be. Like I said before, I want us to be very, very serious with this study, because so many of you, sometimes you get visions and you don't even know what God is communicating to you. Hallelujah. So that's what it means here. So he's saying here that when the Spirit comes, you will be able to bear these experiences. And that's the question I often ask sometimes. Now you see, this is not meant for the bishop. This is not meant for the pastor. This is not meant for the prophet. This is meant for everyone that can taste the Spirit. So what we see here, if you're born again by the Spirit of God, you have the privilege of gotten into this experience. Praise the living God. Are you following me? All right. So he said, I shall come to pass on the last day, said God, a part of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see vision. And then he says, and your old men shall dream dreams. Praise the Lord. Okay, so that's the thing. To see mentally or physically, externally, and to have appearances come to you. Now, let's go to the book of 2 Corinthians 12, verse number 2, and 1 and 2. Like I said before, we're using the two texts to uh, explain what we are going to be dealing with in this season. So, 2 Corinthians 12, 1 and 2. 2 Corinthians 12, 1 and 2 says, It's not expedient... For me, doubtless, to glory, I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. It's not expedient for me to glory, but I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. Verse 2 says, I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago. Whether in the body, I cannot tell, or whether out of the body, I cannot tell. Praise the Lord. And he said, God knoweth such a one caught up to the third heavens. By implication, he came to a place in the spirit 
and he begins to experience some things. Now, in this state, he can describe it to be in the body or out of the body. He can really say. In other words, he had a spiritual experience that defied natural abilities of a man. There was an appearance that came to him. Now he's saying whether he was actually living as a human being or in another state, he can tell. But in that state that he was, he saw certain things. Amen? Now the word used here is apasia. Apasia means visuality. That is concretely an apparition. Vision, an apparition. Apparition speaks about something that, let me say, you cannot tangibly handle, but something just flash across your vision or stuff like that. I remember describing to you here some time ago um, when I was traveling to Lagos years back, and there was this appearance that came to me. A man, I was at the front seat of the car. I think it happened after a ray or so. And then, here was a man that was in front of the car. We're driving towards the man, but the more we go towards the man, the man is exceeding. It's just like a mirage. I was seeing the man, but the driver was not seeing the man. And the man was communicating to me. He taught me so much about the issue of the power of a husband, that of a woman, begin to illustrate to me with Abraham and Sarah and how they are true, the blessing that God has given to a family through the man the woman receives. So much was being poured out. I was watching the man talking to me and I was writing. But the driver was not seeing what I was saying. So that's the kind of an apparition. Now, if you don't understand this kind of atmosphere, uh, of, of spiritual climate, you can literally be afraid. You can even think there are demons or some spirit coming to kill you or something like that. Amen? And uh, if you can go beyond this level to the point at which you can literally see, I'm going to touch that a little bit, but you can see when the Bible talks about we're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses, you can see people on the other side of the realm of spirit coming to talk to you. Amen? Are you listening to me? I made you understand sometime again too, when we were ministering in Jankrama, I told you the story, how a brother had passed into glory, appeared and was talking to me when I was leading prayers. Remember the story? Right. And uh, he was a pastor, pastor into glory, and in, this, in the context, I was leading prayer, I was preaching in the town hall, and here was this man standing and talking to me, who was just looking at me. And I was speaking to the man interpreting to me, and I called his name and said, Listen, this man is standing here, I'm seeing him right now, and he's kind of communicating to me. Now, the man is passing to glory for many years ago. Almost about 15 years past now. He died or thereabout. And I was telling him, I'm seeing this man. And he was wondering, and at that moment, I spoke to the congregation and I said, I'm seeing this man, because we're in the village where the man was. I said, I'm seeing this man right now, but let's pray. So while we're praying, all of a sudden again, I saw a vision. A young man appeared to me, dressed in a garment made up of red and yellow, with a chain on his neck like a bishop. 
and said, but I'm not start praying again. I said, I'm seeing a person like this. I don't know who the person is, but let's pray. And then the Spirit made me to say, let's pray again dead. So we start praying, and less than five minutes, the young man walked into the hall. Somebody ran out of the hall, went to call the man. He came down, and then we were praying. By the time we finished praying, he came and said, Pastor, I'm the one you're talking about. And it was the son of the man that are passing the glory. It was the firstborn. So I began to see that what the man was trying to tell me was, pray for my son so that he doesn't come this way. You see, that's why the Bible says we are surrounded with a cloud of witnesses. So there are things you can see in the spirit dimension. In this, in this, in this state, you are not dreaming. Right? You are, your eyes are physically open. Just like I'm looking at you, but you'll be seeing something else completely different from like maybe you're dreaming or something. This is not a dream, and it's not even uh, a trance. Because I'm going to give you a different dimension of what vision really stands for. Praise the living God. All right. And so we move on. So here, Paul is saying, the word Paul used here, like I said, is apostia. And he said, I, I was in this state, within the body, out of the body. I can't describe what the state was, but I saw the revelation of Jesus Christ, like I said here. So, it talks about apparition, talks about vision. Optomia is from the root word optomia, and actually means to gaze with wide eyes open as something remarkable and thus different from other translations or other meaning of the word vision. We denote simply voluntary observation. We are not talking about just voluntary observation. Uh, I'll make you also see. You see, if you go and begin to read the book of Daniel, when he was looking at the image, the Bible says he was looking at the image. The image was right there before him. Remember the story? Until a stone came and crossed the feet of the image that he was watching at. So you see that. It was given, but not that he was physically awake in that content, neither was he asleep, but he was in a state just like Paul is describing. But we were seeing this picture before him. That's a vision. And God was communicating that to him to tell him about what is going to come next, how that the four kingdoms that he was looking at are going to be destroyed, and the little stone become the kingdom of God that will break the other kingdoms and then fill the whole earth. Amen? Right. I'm saying this to you because God can literally begin to, I'll give you the meaning, I mean the benefit of visions. God directs us most times by visions and revelations. If you come to that place of understanding how God works, you see, he gives you clear directives as to how to live life. Anyway, let me not just jump the gun, I'll make you see that. So the next thing it says here, it says, go back to verse 1, and that's 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Um, one, I mean chapter 12, verse number 1 again. It's not just evident for me, doubtless to glory. I'll come to vision and revelations. Now, the word revelation means apocalypsis. Apocalypsis actually means a disclosure, an appearing, a coming, a lighten, a manifestation, be revealed, revelation. It's from the word apocalypto in the Greek as well, which actually means to take off the cover. That is to disclose, to reveal. So Paul is saying here, by way of the revelation that was coming to him, he could see the Lord. Did you get that? Get this right. He said, 
it's not fear for me to glory, but I come to visions and revelations. So he had the Lord reveal himself to him. He could see the Lord. Not in a dream state that it right. Amen? Not talking about being in a dream now. Uh, just like when we begin to go down to the book of Daniel, I mean, uh, um, Judges, you'll be able to see how um, the appearance that came to Gideon. They begin to watch. And the man begin to communicate. Even the one that came to Manoah, the father of Samson. These are appearing from the realm of spirits. So vision goes beyond just maybe you're dreaming. You can come to a place in your walk with God that your eyes are open and you are seeing. And I'm saying this is what God really wants us to experience as believers. Praise the living God. Are you listening to me? I heard a story sometime. I don't know how far that was true, but in the 70s there was this man at the lorry that was, I think he ended up being a professor of mathematics. But the Bible, I mean, the story has it that this man was so close to the spirit dimension that he was writing exams in mathematics, somebody would be standing by him and dictating to him what to write. Often and again, he finishes before everybody asks. He will be seeing the man, the man talking to him, but other people will not see. Are you getting that? That's a realm you can walk into in God. This is no mysticism. This is practical reality of being born again by the Spirit of God. You're communing with the other world. You're interfacing with the realm of spirit. Praise the living God. So Paul said, I, I can come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I just say, the Lord made some personal appearances to Paul. Not in a state of dreaming. I get it that. So I come to vision. Of Tazia, symbolic representation of spiritual and celestial things in which matters of the deepest importance are exhibited to the eye of the mind by a variety of emblems or symbols, the nature and properties of which were to illustrate those spiritual things. In other words, sometimes certain things will play along for you. And this night, the Lord was showing me something, but I was in a, in a state, I was just telling my wife, oh, I made a mistake this morning. I woke up and I was seeing God speaking to me. First of all, he was using two people who actually work in the healing ministry in this country. And they were giving me some instructions, you know. And thereafter, I was seeing a brother who was here before, who is no longer here. But he was trying to talk to me and asking me to say, please, can you help me to put my bed right? You know. And I have to go to his room. And I was dressed in the bed, putting up everything that was needed. I remember vividly that I was using white bed spread to dress his bed for him. Right? And then the next thing he was telling me is, you see, my house is collapsing because the buildings are not there and the thing was tinting this way. And he's saying the area of the toilet can no longer be assessed because the thing has kind of compressed it. So I know the Lord was talking about finances when he was beginning to minister to me. He's walking in righteousness, as it were, or he wants to walk in righteousness, which speaks about 
the place of the bed. The bed speaks of place of rest. And then he wants to walk in righteousness and the truth of God's word. And yet at the same time, he lacks financial, financial state. He needs some improvement. Are you getting what I'm talking about now? So a lot of things were being communicated, but unfortunately, I just couldn't put them down when I woke up because there was something else uh, that took my attention. But like I told my wife, I said, right from now, I'm going to start again because that's what I used to do before. I used to record all my visions. I used to have my diaries full of the visions the Lord gives to me. So that's what we're seeing here. That's what vision stands for. You get revelations and some in, in maybe when you're dreaming or that's when you're actually physically watching your eyes open and you begin to see. Uh, I remember yes, what, yesterday, no, when was that? Um, Monday? Monday, when I was, I was teaching, when I was teaching the intercessors. Uh, this is part of what you should really capture as intercessors as well. It's one of the things that you need as an intercessor to be able to see. So that when you pray, you pray according to knowledge, you pray according to wisdom, pray according to revelation that God is giving to you. Now, I was teaching that, the brother came and told me that while I was teaching, he saw something like a tray and little babies on it. And uh, I, I know what you were talking about. It's what I have to do with a member of this local assembly who is going to have a twin baby. You know, it's already been revealed to me. And the person has equally had come to confirm to me that this is what the Lord showed him. Right? So we're going to have that. And that's what the Lord was trying to confirm. Amen? So, these, you know, he wasn't dreaming. I was talking and this thing was presented before him. That was a vision. Some of you may not be able to interpret these visions, but then you should be able to come to the place as you mature to see what God shows you and what God is revealing to you. And so when you have this consciousness sometimes, even if you are walking in the street, you should be able to open up your spirit that God can communicate to you at any point in time. Is that okay? Right. Praise the Lord. So revelation here is a manifestation of things not before known, such as God alone can make known because they are part of his own inscrutable counsels. And like it says, visions are revelations. By vision, you are seeing things on the spirit dimension. You are seeing appearances. I'm talking about revelation, things which are seemingly secret and be made open to you so that you can see them and assess them and begin to trust more. If God is revealing this thing, it's essentially revealing his will to you, revealing his mind to you. So when Paul was saying here that he will come to the place of revelation of the thing that God has in mind, revelation of Christ, he's talking about the dimensions of the Christ spirit be revealed to him. The workings of Christ, I will call it the mystery of the Lord. Amen? Praise the Lord. Okay. Now, so let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, dealing with the issue of Paul here. 1 Corinthians 9, verse number 1. 1 Corinthians 9, verse number 1. It says, Am I not an apostle? 1 Corinthians 9, verse number 1. Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ, our Lord? Are you not my walk in the Lord? You see what I'm saying here? That's what he tried to mention in 2 Corinthians 12. I come to revelations of Christ, the apocalypsis, the unveiling of the Christ. So here he's speaking to the Corinthian church. A man is an apostle. It's like saying, have Christ not been revealed to me? Have I not seen him? How did he see Christ? You know, I saw him in the physical, in sense to, I mean, to speak about that. But 
I've seen Christ. He's talking about here, the revelation of Christ that came to him. And especially, as we can see on the road to Damascus. When he said, have I not seen Christ? A woman is personal appearance to me. I have received my personal commission. What he's trying to say is, Christ commissioned me and I saw him. Is that okay? So my apostolic commission is authentic because I did not only see Christ, he commissioned me to do what I'm doing as an apostle. Are you doubt me? Okay. This is fine to be necessary to constitute an apostolic mandate. In other words, one of the things that really constitute an apostolic mandate is to see Christ. You know, you have to have a revelation of the Christ. It's very important. It's one of the things that qualifies one fully to be an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's very essential. You have to have, you remember the twelve, they, they were with him. I remember what Jesus, I mean, uh, Peter was writing. Have we not seen Jesus? Have we not handled the word of the Lord? Is that okay? Right. There have to be that personal appearing, you know, of the Lord to communicate some things to you, you know, as an apostolic man. One of the experiences that I have in this regard was after about two years of my, you know, coming to the Lord, of the Lord, you know, picking me up, let me put it that way. I had this experience in which I, I was just wondering. I read the Bible, I was teaching the Bible, but there was this thing that was telling me, is this thing really true? I mean, did somebody really live some 2,000 years ago, died and, you know... But I was preaching the book. But this thought keeps on bothering me. Is this not just another story? You know, you'll be wondering, how can you be thinking that way? Well, some of us are a little bit very... How do I put it now? If you are truly being spiritual, there are some things that you need to design properly. And so, I had this experience one of the afternoons I came from school, then I was teaching... So I was lying down, and then the next thing I saw was I was in a trance. Because I wasn't fully sleeping, and I was not fully awake. That's trance. I will explain that later. And now, in this trance, I saw one man being beaten. Now, he was being dragged. He was carrying a very big cross, and going through valleys, and, you know, very bad swamp. He was going right like that. And any time, as he was dragging this cross with him, this woody heavy cross, and bend double as it were, any time they hit him, I will feel the pain. Wherever the cane touches him, I will feel that pain. If they hit him on the head, I will feel pain there. Hit him in the hand, just like that. And the man was dragging, and then one elderly woman just came from the side and said, you don't need to doubt this. You have to believe that it really happened. And in fact, you are supposed to help him carry that cross. What happened, I just came out of the trance or the vision, whatever it is, and I saw that my bed was soaked. I mean, the pillow where my head was was soaked because I was crying out of the pain that, you know. So I began to see what Paul was talking about. I have the mark of Christ in my body. You know, this is a practical experience to convince me of my faith. Is that okay? Right. Perfect and direct revelation. So... You don't need to preach me. There's no way you can preach me out of Christ. I've, I've seen him, if I may use the word. I've experienced his beating. I have his mark on my body. Because I suffer after being beaten, I was receiving the pains in that trance. 
So, that's what Paul is talking about. I've seen the revelation of this man. I've seen him appear to me. And so he's saying, am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus? Praise the living God. So let's look at, in his own defense, uh, a little bit of a long reading, Acts chapter 22, let's look at verse number 1 through 15 or so. Now, we're going to go very fast here. Paul was trying to defend himself in this case when he was brought to be judged and said, Men and brethren, fathers, hear me in my defense which I made known unto you. And when they heard that he spake in the Hebrew tongue to them, they kept the more silence and he, and very, a man which I am a Jew born in Tarsus, a city in Sicily, I yet brought up in this city at the feet of Gamaliel, and taught according to the perfect manner of the law of the fathers, and was zealous towards God as he all this day. And I persecuted this way, that this way, which is the church now, unto death, binding and delivering into prison both men and women. Verse 5, also the high priest doth bear me witness and all the estate of the elders, for whom also I received letters unto the brethren and went to Damascus to bring them which were bound unto Jerusalem for to be punished. And it came to pass that as I made my journey, I was come unto nigh, I mean nigh unto Damascus about noon. Suddenly there shone forth high heaven a great light round about me. And I fell unto the ground and heard a voice saying unto me, Saul, Saul, why persecuted thou me? And I answered, Who art thou, Lord? And he said unto me, And Jesus of Nazareth, whom thou persecuted. And they that were with me saw indeed the light, and were afraid, but they had not the voice of him that spake to me. And this is very important. One of the ways by which God lead you personally. You see, he was with every other person, but the Lord spoke, and yet he was the only one that heard what God said. Other people never heard it. You know, this part of what I'm going to be dealing with in the course of Synergy Forum that we're going to be having on the 8th of February. Understand the lead of God, the leading of God in ministry. Here you see Paul held, but other people never had it. So, when God wants to pick you up, the thing he shows you is likely not even your wife may see what you are saying. Or know what you got to know. Is that okay? All these people were together with him, they never had anything, but he heard. They saw the light, but the voice, no. It was direct to the man that he wanted to communicate with. He came here to arrest Paul to do something, so the voice was not going to be for everybody. Did you get that? Good. Now look at verse 10. I said, and I said, what shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said unto me, Arise and go into Damascus, and there he shall be told thee of all things which are appointed for thee to do. It means you have a specific assignment, the thing appointed for thee. But you go to Damascus, you'll be told... And then he said, when I, I could not see for the light, for the glory of the light, being led by the hand of them that were with me, I came into Damascus. You see the story here. At that point, he was blinded. Naturally, by reason of the light that came, he was blinded. He couldn't see anymore, so he was being led like a blind man by those who were together with him. The Bible said, I want Arnias, a devout man according to the law, having a good report of all the Jews who dwell there, and came unto me and stood and said unto me, Brother, now you listen to this, 
as, as I was studying, I was wondering. I agreed that he was brought to this place, but here he could see the man come. But remember, he was blinded by the light. And he came unto me and stood and said unto me, Brother, so, and I like this, receive that sight. Now you get this right. The Lord have revealed himself to him, and Aeneas also was spoken to by the Lord. And he understood right at this moment that this man belongs to God. He called him brother. Not Saul. Right? Not just Saul who is persecuting, but he used the word brother. That means by implication, since the Lord has communicated to Ananias himself who Saul was, he had no option but to refer to him as a brother in the faith. Can you get that? Saul received that sight. And the same hour I looked upon him. And he said, The God of our fathers has chosen thee, that thou should know his will, and see that just one, and shouldn't hear the voice of his mouth. Hallelujah. You begin to look at that again. We're going to do more on this, like I said before. But look at the picture. The God of our fathers has chosen thee, number one. The choice is you come, I'm going to make use of you. And then our Father have chosen thee, that thou should know his will. And what's the next thing? And see that just one. See that just one. Who is the just one? Christ. God has chosen you to know his will and to see the just one. Who is the just one? Christ. Can you get that? And should I hear the voice of his mouth? So these are the things put together as touching how God leads some of us when it comes to ministry. You have to see him because you have, it's a choice. You've been chosen. Now you have to see him. You have to hear from his mouth. Somebody doesn't have to hear for you what God is leading you to do. And then knowing his will. Ingredients are touching how God leads men in ministry. Is that okay? Right. Verse 15. For thou shalt be his witness. Key point. Unto all men of what thou hast seen and heard. That is ministry. What you see and hear. Praise the Lord. Okay. Alright. So, I want you to say this. Remember. What we're dealing with now is. I will come to vision and revelations. Is that okay? Right. Come to vision and revelations of the Lord. Now, First Corinthians 9 and say, Have I not seen Jesus? So it's not recounting how he saw Jesus. Is that okay? Alright. So let's try again. Acts chapter 26, verse 15. Acts 26, verse 15. Some of you need to really get strengthened out in your work with the Lord. Because all these things I'm saying, they are the things that can happen to you as an individual. Acts 26, 26, I'm sorry. Acts 26, yes, verse 15. And I said, who are thou, Lord? He's repeating again to Agrippa now. And he said, to Felix rather. And he said, I'm Jesus whom thou persecuted. But rise and I will stand upon thy, and stand upon thy feet. For I appeared unto thee for this purpose. Begin to give him reason because Ananias told him you're going to be a witness. Now, witness of what? He's not trying to give him assignment. 
with a very specific. And he now said, But rise and set upon thy feet, for I appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee what? A minister and a witness both of these things which I have seen and of the things in the which I will appear unto thee. So again, there is a continuous appearing in ministry. Maybe I have to leave this for that. But, see, if you call as a minister, there has to be a continuous appearing. Anytime he appears to you, he reveals specific things to you that he wants you to do. And to reveal as well. You are a witness of what he reveals to you. Is that okay? Right. Verse 17 says, Delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Praise the living God. Did you get that? So, have I not seen Jesus? First Corinthians 9 verse 1. When I saw Jesus, what happened? This is what we're dealing with. I heard his voice. I saw him. He spoke to me. He gave me a commission. Very specific. Amen? Yeah. You can't be vague as touching your faith in the Lord or as touching a call upon your life. You can't be vague about it. It is something that you must know. It's something that you should comprehend. It's not a matter of somebody telling you. Right? Praise the living God. I posted something today by my beloved Mice Moro. He said something some years back. He said, if you're walking in the will of the Lord, you have no need of prophecies. For prophecy only can come to confirm. Amen? And that's so powerful. I put it on Facebook today. And that's the truth. If you are walking in the will of God, you don't need no prophecy. If a prophecy comes at all, it's to confirm what you are doing, that you are in His will. You can tell anybody to go. Can you, can you picture what happened to uh, uh, Paul even when Agabus came and gave the prophecy? I mean, if you remember that. He couldn't stop him. He said, it's like saying, I know. You don't need to dissuade me. You can't stop me. The Lord told me about this. He even said, I'm going to suffer many things. In this case, I'm not even ready just to suffer. I even want to die if need be. Praise the Lord. So, if you're truly in the will of the Lord, you've seen Christ, you're walking by the reason of the dictates of his ministry to you, you don't have need of any prophecy. Every prophecy coming is to confirm what you are already doing, what the Lord have told you. I mean, that's what it is. Praise the living God. If you receive a prophecy that gets you more confused, you just know that it's not truly from God, in that sense. Because before you ever step out into ministry, you must have heard God clearly what you want to do. You want to reveal His will, His purpose to you. And you as an individual, not even though in ministry, even in life, you should be able to know precisely, you should be able to understand precisely what God has for you in life. You get all these revisions and revelations. Praise the living God. All right. 
Okay. So, let's look at Revelation chapter 1 and verse number 1 again. I just say that before I give final definitions on this. Revelation 1 verse 1. And he said, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now remember, Paul is saying, have I not seen Jesus? And then when he go to 2 Corinthians 12, I'll come to vision and revelation of the Lord. So here, John, the Bible is saying, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his seven things, which must surely come to pass. In other words, the many facets of Jesus' ministry was revealed to John. Is that okay? The many dimensional approaches of redemption that Christ was going to manifest were revealed to John. That's what he's trying to tell us here. Praise the living God. I've explained this before. Remember that? Or what revelation means. Or, or you can go get hold of our book, understand the book of Revelation. Praise the Lord. But the point I'm, ra- I'm raising here is like what you see John's, I mean, Paul said in 2 Corinthians 12, I'll come to visions and what? Revelation of the Lord. So here, the revelation of the Lord was made known unto who? Unto John. Can you get that? And remember, this was in a vision as well. Praise the living God. Okay. So, visions are simply divinely granted appearances. Divinely granted appearances. It is a divine activation. The divine activation, I'm trying to give definition. The divine activation of the Holy Spirit upon our spirit that unveils the spirit realm to us. Listen again. Vision are simply divinely granted appearances. It is the divine activation of the Holy Spirit upon our spirit that unveils or reveals the spirit realm to us. By implication, when we talk about vision, we're talking about what God does through the Holy Spirit, acting on your human spirit to see what is happening in the spirit realm. Are you there with me? Yeah, that's vision. So, your spirit is being used at this point. And God allowed the Holy Spirit. So he said, I'll pour my spirit upon all flesh. Remember that. And they shall see visions. So when the spirit comes... He opens the spirit realm unto you. You begin to see things which the ordinary man cannot see. So one of the privileges of being born again by the Holy Spirit is that you have the ability to see into the spirit realm. Are you following me? Praise the living God. Now you remember those who go to conduct oracles, there are things they tell you. They make you see that they are seeing into the spirit realm and this is what they are seeing, this is what they are seeing. Is that okay? Right. Because they are like medium. You know, the spirit realm communicating to them and they begin to tell you things when you go to consult oracles. So, as the same thing, 
of the prophet, maybe as the case may be, will be looking at you and be seeing some things that relates to you. Is that okay? Right. So these are granted appearances. The privileges that God gives to you to see things in the spirit dimension. And it's not meant for just the prophet alone. It's not meant for just those who consult oracles. It's meant for every one of us as believers. Because the word says, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Now, it's the spirit that opens up your spirit to see the things that your natural eyes cannot see. Are you still there with me? Are we together? Right. Here, the spirit is made use of rather than our minds. We are not conjuring these things from our mind. It's not about what you think. But your spirit is being used, not your mind. The Holy Spirit is acting on your spirit to open you up to see the things that ordinarily you cannot see. So it's not your mind. Praise the Lord. The experience is that the spirit communicates to us a spiritual message as the Holy Spirit receives the cooperation of our spirit. This is the main thing. That is why sometimes when you, when you truly get to the place of fasting, when you fasting, it is not necessarily that when you fast, God will do some things for you. You don't use fast to get God to do things. But what is happening is when you are in the period of fasting, your flesh is being subdued. Your spirit is coming alive to communicate more with the Holy Spirit. Is that okay? Are you with me? Right, that's what fasting does. You don't use fast to bribe God, but when you fast, your flesh is subdued and your spirit is more receptive to the, to the Holy Spirit, to the spirit realm. So here, the Holy Spirit uses your human spirit and begin to communicate things to you such that the things that God has in mind for you are now revealed to your spirit. That is the vision. Amen? Okay. So here we find that this is revealing to our minds the purposes and will of the Father. When this thing begins to come, you begin to see the purposes that God has for you. Right? Your spirit is communicating with God's spirit and you're beginning to see the thing that God has for you. I, one, of, one of the experiences again I had in this dimension some years back was a, a, a prophet gave me a prophecy. And uh, after about a year, something began to happen to my life. Somebody was coming to my life. And so, and the person was making a lot of promises to me. But I was finding it difficult to comprehend why this should happen. So I went back to the prophet. Because one of the things that the man told me was, then I just came into the Lord and he said, I see you traveling overseas. You are not only going to be preaching in this country, you are going to be going outside of this country to preach. I see you with the Bible, I see you. That was just about... A year after I got, you know, converted. And the man gave their prophecy. So, 
when I start walking, somebody came into my life and the person made a promise and he was saying, we got to travel to get out to the States. And this was so confusing to me. So I have to approach this man and I said, this is what is happening to me. And he said, oh, this is the fulfillment of that prophecy. I said, man, but I don't think this is right. So, I went back home and I said, God, now you listen to me. I know you talk to prophets. I have no problem about that. But there is one thing I believe in. I'm also your child. If you can talk to that man, you should talk to me. Over this decision. If you don't answer me, I'm not going to end my fast. And so I went into fasting. And then I was walking. I became so weak. After about 12 days, 13 days, I was still fasting. No food. I'm not talking about partial fast, eat in the evening. Or drink tea or drink juice. No. Not Daniel fast. No, no, no. It was complete fast. I just washed my pot, closed them up, and I was still going to walk. My trousers were beginning to fall from my waist. I will tie them the more. I want an answer from God. And I told God, if you don't answer me, I'm not going to close this fast. And so on the 14th day, I was just sitting at about 9 p.m. in the night. A heavy light just came into my room. And I had a voice. It gave me a scripture. Very loud and clear. Romans chapter 8. And it was trying to tell me, He that have the Spirit of Christ. No, he said, He that have not the Spirit of Christ is none of his. Then I said, No, Lord, that is not clear enough. I begin to have conversation with the voice. The light was still there. The whole room was ablaze. And I was talking to this voice, talking to me. And he began to give me scriptures. I will read and I will argue. I will read. Until finally, and I said, okay, you tell me what I'm going to do to get out of this situation. And he gave me very clear instruction of what to do the next day. By the time I end that conversation... It was already about 4 a.m. in the morning. But we started about 9 p.m. in the evening. Night was about 4 a.m. in the morning. I never even knew time was that far. I mean, gone. That's really strange that in, in the realm of spirit, no time. You can't really think about time. 4 a.m. All I had to do now was to go take a shower. And then I went to my office and did exactly what they asked me to do. And I got the result the next day. Then I knew what the man was telling me was not true. It was true that I was going to be traveling to preach in the nations, but that was not the time. I don't know if you understand what I'm talking about. And it was not true the method that he was approving. Did you get that? So there are some things, even if God speaks to you by prophet, there are some things, like we said in the beginning, if, if they are not in the will of God for you, you should be able to know. So if you receive a prophecy and there's a doubt in your mind, just know for sure that that was not supposed to be from God because prophecy will confirm the will of God in your life. Unless you are not working in His will. Are you getting what I'm saying here? Alright, so, let's look at this before we close. The importance... Of visions. One, visions help you to establish your present position in God. So, if you need to write, it just says, they help to establish our present position in God. 
Vision will help you to establish your present position in God. Number two, visions and revelation we have to give us directions like the illustration I just gave. I will have jumped into that thing the prophet said if I haven't decided to say God speak to me. But that was not God's purpose for my life. That was not God's vision for my life. It is true that I was going to travel overseas to preach but that was not the time I was going to be through that means. Did you get this? Praise the Lord. Number three, visions and revelation will keep us focused as believers. It will keep us focused as believers. It establishes us as believers. Very important. You're, you can't be distracted if you're getting visions and revelations. It is part of what the Lord says. He ordered a footstep of the righteous. These things are done through visions and revelations. God uses them to direct your footstep so that you don't take the wrong decision. Are you listening to me? Number four. It stabilizes our work as believers. Stabilizes our work as believers. Vision stabilizes our work as believers. If we truly come to the place of vision in God, our work will be stabilized. We can get confused. We are stable knowing that this is the will of God for my life. And no distraction by any means. Even if people are saying a thousand words, they can't distract you. They can't take you out of your way. You know precisely what you're doing because you're seeing this in visions. Is that okay? You see what Paul was speaking to Agabus? Why do you want to break my heart? Why did he say that? Because he already saw all of these things. God spoke to him. He's seen the vision. If we told him, you're going to suffer many things for my name's sake. Sometimes people say, well... This man was stubborn, that's why he suffered. No, but the beginning God told him, you're going to suffer many things for my name's sake. And you know, they even, people can't get Paul sometimes. Today. He was not sent to the Jews, he was sent to the Gentiles. He went to the Jews and was beaten. But the Lord said, I've delivered you from these people and I'm sending you back to the people. How many of you remember what I'm saying? So why do you say, you, Paul did it? Paul followed every instruction God gave to him. I'll deliver you from these people. From which people? From the Jews. I'm sending you back to the Jews. That's why I went to the temple. And you see people preaching and say, Oh, Paul was so disobedient. Paul was rebellious. He didn't follow the willing of God. That's why I went to the Jews and he was beaten up. That's not true. Praise the living God. So he is going to the temple was part of the assignment that God gave to him. I'm delivering you from these people and I'm sending you back to them. Praise the living God. So what do we say there? It stabilizes our work as what? As believers. Praise the living God. Alright. Number five. Vision creates faith in us as a means of communication with our Father. In other words, faith builds relationship between us and God. 
I mean visions. Build faith between us and God. The relationship we have with God is much more cemented when we see visions of His will for us. You got what I mean? Praise the living God. Right. You can't be distracted. No, 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 no. Once you get visions, are you receiving revelations about your work, about your life, about what God has for you? It stabilizes you. You can't be distracted. Even if everybody forsakes the Lord, you can't forsake Him because you are always with Him. You have a personal relationship with Him. And this thing is what really keeps your faith going. That you can hear Him, that He can speak to you. Praise the living God. You following that? So number five, He creates faith in us as means of communication with our Father, with His relationship. Is that okay? Number six, it reveals God's favor in our lives as a means of prophetic insight into our daily spiritual walk. What did I say? Number six, it reveals God's favor in our lives as a means of prophetic insight into our daily spiritual walk. Amen. Are you getting this? I want you to pick these things because they are vital to your work as a believer. So visions and revelation are not meant for just the pastor, the apostle, the bishop. It's meant for every child of God. And it can help you in all ways. In your decision making, in your relationship, I mean, in your faith. Vision stabilizes you. Praise the Lord. Are we there? Alright. I think our time is almost up. But let me give you just one example and then we close for tonight. We read that before, so we'll go back now to Second Corinthians 12, verse 1 and 2. I mean examples and the features involved in visions. Examples and features, the things that are accompanying visions. I will explain more next week on this. We'll start from here next week. But let me just read this. Second Corinthians 12 verse 1. It's not expedient for me, doubtless to glory, I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. Amen? Is that I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago. In other words, when he was writing this, the experience he had was 14 years ago. When he had that vision. And the revelation of the Christ. Whether in the body, I cannot tell, or out of the body, I cannot tell. God knew it. Such a one caught up to the third heaven. Now, this is where people miss it when, when they read caught up, they think it has to do with rapture. No. To be caught up or to be raptured is to get into the spirit realm and see things with your natural eyes cannot even see. You see? I'll show you the example in the case of Ezekiel. The Bible said they were sitting together with, he was sitting together with the elders and he was caught up. Remember that? 
and he could see the temple in Jerusalem and the idols in the temple. That was a rapture. Rapture doesn't mean you taking up to heaven, floating away. That's not what it means. So as I'm talking to you now, you could be raptured. You're looking at me, you're not seeing me, you're seeing something else. Is that okay? So here Paul was caught up, he's saying 40 years ago, and I have this experience. And I got revelations of the Lord. What he means to say is, various facets of God's ministry were revealed to me. I could see many dimensions of the Lord's ministry given to me in that vision. Is that okay? So when I'm called to visions and revelations, and one of those things that some of the features, like I'm going to make you see, next week from the book of Job, that you can see all the accompanied visions are, it could be night visions, it could be just like this, trance, it's accompanied with voices, with sights, with symbols, emblems, right? All of these things comes. You come with the form, like when you look at the book of Job, we'll deal with it next week. It was saying that I was in this state and a form appeared to me. I could see the form. And a hand came. Is that okay? Right. Clear revelations. You see, one of, one of, one of the most astounding ones that I really had, not willing to. Because that ministry, they were actually preaching the Sabbath as a day of worship. And so I was arguing with the Lord. I said, I can't go to that ministry because they preach the Sabbath. I don't, I don't want to preach that. I don't believe in that. And so I was in this process of waiting on the Lord for this decision as well because the Lord is actually saying I should go. The first argument I brought was, mm, no, this people will not understand the things I'm going to teach. And so I got a revelation and I was asked to read the book of Deuteronomy 32. Number one and two, where the Bible is saying, My doctrine shall distill a dew upon the tender herb. And so when I got that, I said, Okay, but then I started the argument again that I'm not sure these guys are going to be able to understand me. After all, they teach the Sabbath. And so the next thing I saw was I was lying down on a little bed in my bedroom, and from the wall, a hand came out with a book. And the book was written, The Great Controversy. Uh, some of you have seen it. It's in my shelf up there. It's a book written by Ellen G. White. But the topic is The Great Controversy. And so, the book was coming to me like this from the wall. I was seeing it with my eyes open. It came the first time. It went back. It came another time. It went back. The third time it came. And he said, My sons are destroying the body of creating division because of the doctrine of Sabbath. I have no objection anymore. Everything I put before God to say I cannot make the journey we're broken through these visions. So when I was coming down to worry to join with our ministry, I was actually coming in the will of God because I got the conviction through all of these appearances. I wasn't dreaming, I saw it physically. A similar thing you read in the book of Daniel when the Bible said, Many, many take care of us. You see that a handwriting was right on the wall. The, the, the king saw it clearly. That's a vision. So you can see things like that. 
Now, I want you to come to that place where you take your Christian little life beyond just being a believer. I don't know if you understand what I mean. You, you go beyond just being a believer. You are having intercourse with the Spirit. You are having a relationship with the Spirit. You are seeing things the way they are supposed to be. When some decisions are so, so heavy for you to take, you can literally talk with the Father. And vision can come to grieve with this conviction. Most of these steps are taken in ministry. are really, really bordered on the vision the Lord has given unto me. And that's why people can't talk me out of the things I teach and out of the things I preach. No. You can't talk me out of them. No matter how sweet the other side may be, there is no way you get me out of this. Because I have seen it, I have tasted it. And like I said in the beginning, the word given to me was that you are supposed to follow that man to carry the cross. And not to doubt it. You see that? And when I was to leave this ministry, a vision appeared to my very closest friend. It was a friend of mine that, while I was working, I was sponsoring him on missions. Now, on this particular day, when I was driven out of this ministry that I joined, it was already this way. He was walking on the road. All of a sudden, in between the rubber plantation it was, the heavens opened. Heavy cloud of light just came and surrounded him, and a voice came. My son shall be driven to a wilderness. A sword shall pierce through his spirit, but rain shall fall in his desert. Go and tell him. And my friend was amazed. After he heard that voice, the light went off everywhere became normal. So he got to the house. And that day I was even traveling to meet him. And when I got there, he looked at me and said, David, what is going on with the ministry you just joined? I said, nothing. He said, no, tell me the truth. Something is not right. I said, no, all is well. And he insisted. And I said, well, of a truth, I've just been asked to leave. Because of the things I teach. And in essence, said, no wonder. This is my experience this afternoon. About an hour ago. And I wanted to call you. And guess what? That is the truth. The truth again is this. There are some ministries you carry. And there are things you suffer. Remember even Mary was told that the sword will pierce your soul. That was because the son whom he loved so much was going to be crucified. There's a thing you carry, you suffer for it because it's in the will of the Father. Are you listening to what I'm saying here? So, you're going to be driven to a desert, a soul will pierce through his soul, and rain will fall in his desert. And every day, sometimes when things seem not to be the way I want them to be, or I think they should be, I just simply ask the Lord, I need the rain. <laughs> you understand what I mean? So, my life is based on the visions that the Lord has given to me, has given to other people. I used to tell you here sometimes, when God began to show me about things about the country, the elections and so on and so forth, right from the days of Abiolati dates. I used to remind you of that. But I remember, a few years ago when I was in South Africa, I was attending a meeting of some prophets that came. I just went there, and I was sitting down. 
And then this man was just speaking to people and he said, hey you man over there, you are like a Daniel in your country and the Lord have determined to reveal every political situation to you. He never knew me once. He never even knew I had those experiences before. He confirmed it to me. Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm saying here? So, the, your work as a believer, if you can come to this level of having these practical experiences in prayers, you can see. I mean, you have the kind of faith that nobody else can preach you into. Your faith will be so established. Praise the Lord. You remember those of us who came with us from Divine Encounter Ministry. How did Captain Bob came to join the ministry? I was praying in my office. My eyes were open. The first thing he said, he showed me the father. And he told me to go tell, them, tell him about his father. And I went and I told him about his father. He was not around and I told the wife. This is what the Lord just showed me. Then they were not members of the church. And then the next day I was also praying. That's about two days after. In my office. The Lord showed me this young man, Bob himself. He said, go tell him. And I came down and I spoke to the wife. He was not even around. I said, this is what the Lord just showed me about your husband. And he said, true. And the, I mean, surprising thing was, I wasn't dreaming. I wasn't even, my eyes were not closed. But I would just see him walk to me. So the wife now told him, he said, how can we continue to be going there? This man doesn't even know us. But yeah, God keep on directing him. Why can't we go and fellowship here? If you're still going to that church, I'm not going to go. I want to join with this man. That's how they came to join the church. And so, when they came the first day, and then in Tuesday counseling period, the man came and said, he's having problems with his business. Things are not going right. Then I said, let's pray. And I said, now for us to pray like this, I begin to see rice and beans just floating on his head. And I was asking the spirit, what is going on? He said, this man has wealth. Right? Beans, sand, they are uncountable now. You don't understand that? You can count sand, you can count beans, you can count, you understand that? So, he showed me that. Rice, beans, were just floating on his head. And I said, God, what is this? He said, he has a lot of wealth. Then I told him, my brother, you have money. He said, so where's the money? I said, well, you have money. That's all I know. I said, what we're going to do, we're going to pray to gather this money. Let's gather it instead of floating. Let's put them together. So he came, prayed. Three times we prayed that prayer. And the third time, the Lord said, tell him to go and start his business. That's how the guy started his business. Just went and got a place and the next thing, everything began to explode. So when you walk by this dimension of the spirit, your faith, nobody can shake it. No doctrine can shake it. No man can deceive you. You know who you are. You have a relationship with God. And everything he shows you in these visions which always come to pass. Are you done with me? Look, we're going to be in another season in this local assembly where your walk will have to be determined by the ministrations of God. Amen? I don't want you to miss this ministration this season. This teaching that I've started, I don't want you to miss it. Tell your brother, tell your sisters. This is a moment to walk into the spirit realm and begin to see things and determine what God wants you to do, how your life needs to go. Praise the living God. Are you blessed so far? I'll see you next week. God bless you.
Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.